Welcome to episode 39 of Double Jumper Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your co-host, Bia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how you going, buddy? I'm going pretty well. Um, how are you? I'm, I'm busy. A lot of busy. stuff going around around the house. Offices opening back up. It's good. Good oh. to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> um, the opposite, mainly. I'm getting kittens in a couple, like in a week. But um, oh, yeah, very many. two of them. Um, oh, that's awesome. We have like one of them's going to be called Zoe because like the family's already given them names. So one yeah. of them's okay and one of them's called Zoe. But the other one's got like three names and they're all, none of them are good cat names. So it's like, <laughs> I think it's like, because it's like a Kiwi family. So it's like all black Batman Richie or something. I don't love either of them. <laughs> Uh, so we're trying to, and it's like a black cat. So we're trying to think of like a name that's kind of appropriate to a black cat. But we've Nero. been kind of. That's not bad. <laughs> but I was like, well, um, <laughs> you could call it Kuro because Kuro is uh, Japanese for black. Uh, you could, or you could you could make it a Joshi name. That's his stage name. <laughs> oh, maybe I was thinking. I was telling my friend over the weekend how it's like I've been getting kind of really in my head about a name for a cat. Like not in that it's all up to me anyway, but it's um. The more I dwell on it, it's like it, it reminds me a lot of trying to plan or like kind of brainstorm a tattoo idea where it's just like, because yeah. it's like a permanent one-off thing, you kind of get this impulse to layer meaning on top of it yeah. and then it kind of gets, it kind of ends up undermining the whole process and like the whole like, you know, choice of doing it. Like you kind of like layering yeah. on all these like sense of meanings and it's just becoming like. I don't know, almost like a burden. So it's just, I'm trying to, yeah. it's, that's what it's been reminding me of where it's just like, oh, I don't want to have too much meaning. I also don't want it to be too referential and blah, 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 blah. True, true. Anyway. I, uh, I like how you have like, I like how one cat had three names and the other one just had one. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only one with like three names. Um, yeah. The other ones all have decent oh, names. Cool. Yeah. But, How'd um, you find the cats? Oh, Was it it's, like on Gumtree or something or just through through friends, family? Uh, so it's like a coworker of my mum's who, um, yeah, who had like a, their neighbor had like a big litter of kittens that they're trying to get rid of just as we're looking for cats. So it was pretty perfect. Oh, so it works out. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, that's awesome. Hopefully they get their cat neutered as well. So it doesn't happen again. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, um, yeah. we'll be doing that. Um, but, uh, what about you, Olivia? Been watch- you watched Shang-Chi finally. Yes, so cinemas finally opened up this week in Melbourne, and yeah, like we watched uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, and we watched it, I didn't even know they had this in Australia, we watched it in D-Box. Have you, have you heard of D-Box? I don't think so. So D-Box is, um, so it's got, so we went to Hoyt's, and it's like, they've got their stand of reclining chairs, but the D-Box chairs move and vibrate oh, okay. with the soundtrack of the movie or whatever. So we tried that. Like it's it's a novel. Like oh, like you think a movie like Shang Chi with all the action, like a Marvel film, would be really good for it. Yeah. But I feel like it was very like underwhelming. Right. Maybe I think probably because like you mentioned when you talked about Shang Chi a few weeks ago, like it it kind of f- is very front heavy with a lot of the action, and then there's a lot of like kind of character development, um, uh, like. 
I don't know. It's there's there's a lot of quiet moments towards like the the second act. You know, the end of the second act. Yeah. And then the third act is like where there's like a set piece, but maybe a movie like Fast and Furious would be a better testament to something like this where there's so much happening. Yeah. And just and and Fast and Furious where there's like so many like twists and turns and jumps and you know what I mean. Like it's a much more like action packed, constant like movement. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's like, a very kinetic franchise. Yeah, that's a good word for it. It's like a lot of opportunity f- to use all those, you know, gimmicks. Because I, yeah. I think, like you described, like D box is like that's kind of what I understand, like 4D. I think that's kind of what yeah, they so call it's it. Probably places. like that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's like just like a brand, like one brand of that type of experience. So. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it was cool. But obviously, the trade off is that you're in a smaller cinema, and they don't have like the Dolby Atmos. So it's like oh, okay. you're in a standard size theater. So the volume's not that like. I think if it was ex- like say something like an extreme screen or like a V Max, like a big big screen, lots of sound, and then you had that, it would be even better. But I think being in a standard movie theater where it was small screen, standard sound, and and you had like like the seats were moving, like it just it just wasn't the same. I mean, I, I as for the film itself, like I actually enjoyed it, and it's funnily enough that. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said <laughs> in terms of um, like it's it's a very interesting setup um, and then it kind of goes really quiet and it um, like really tries hard to build the characters and their motivations and everything and then towards the end it just comes up with this like kind of just it's like it's a big battle but there's no impact like it's just yeah, I, I don't know. Like maybe it's the way the sound design is, or the way the effects are. Like you don't really feel like the impact of the hits or anything like that. It's just like it's just a lot of just special effects flying around. Yeah, it's. I, I feel it's. It's kind of funny. It's like uh, I probably said it last time, but yeah, I feel like Shang Chi does that. You know, giant CG set piece mm. finale better than a lot of the Marvel movies. Yeah, but it's still kind of what it is. So it's, it's still. It's still. Yeah, it's like. Because I think like the way it kind of um, you know has the big war scene sort of thing like that kind of, but it also like mixes it in with the final battle between father and son, which I think like at least grounds yeah. it, which makes it better than the other ones. But it's still yeah, it ends up having like less impact than you'd hope it would. Um, yeah, yeah. Like like you do have that redemption arc, um, you know, with like the spoilers, you know, like the evil thousand year old father <laughs> yeah with the 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 good natured 26 year old son or whatever like that was so weird like the whole timeline i'm sorry but he doesn't look 24 <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever he's like he's like meant to be born in 1997 and i'm like he he looks 30 something like <laughs> yeah i think that caught me off guard because it establishes a pretty yeah because it's like the time the initial time jumps it's like 24 yeah. years later or something it's like oh okay yeah it's like why not just say 1993 like no one's gonna you know what i mean like then it'll uh anyway that's it's not a it's not a big deal but yeah. it, it's funny that um when the movie came out in america i think paul tassie from forbes he does a lot of writing about destiny 2 either it was him or someone from Kotaku it was basically they wrote an article saying how the story of this movie is pretty much the plot of Destiny 2 Forsaken yeah you know, um, where spoilers uh, like this prince who is whose sister the queen sacrificed herself and died he was really devoted to her and then 
he was kind of like a douchebag and a jackass, but then he starts getting visions about his lost sister telling him to do this and do that, and he starts doing a lot of bad things to try and... Um, he thinks to bring her back from another dimension, but spoilers, turns out that it's actually a, a like um, like an ancient corrupting dragon, force of darkness speaking to him uh, with the visions of his sister, but at the end it's revealed that um, he was just being used by, like it's... Yeah, it's, that, that it's sounds a cool, very similar. <laughs> cool idea. It's, yeah, it's... That's funny that it's yeah, kind it's of also similar. a dragon <laughs> talking, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's the thing, like, the the ancient bad guys in Destiny are dragons. Oh, okay. That makes like, sense. Ancient dragons. Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot to Destiny. And I, I guess maybe when you, when you go down to myth- mythology, there's probably only so much. Like, if you think about a lot of the stories coming from, like, you know, Eastern stories, Western stories, they they probably always have the same things of oh you know there was there were good gods and bad gods and corruption and you know human beings getting tempted and like there's only so many ways you can twist that story but i i did um i did think that like the movie as a whole i think i enjoyed it and i probably enjoyed it more than something like you know like ragnarok thor ragnarok or something that was just trying too hard whereas this one just had a little bit more sincerity to it and a little bit more grounded in terms of like the scale of what's happening, mm. um, yeah, it's the same with Ragnarok. Actually, it's like a very you know it's yeah. probably not something worth dwelling on too much. But like, um, yeah, it's like I was I remember being disappointed in Ragnarok after having like yeah. high hopes after for it, both because I knew people around was like, it. Oh my god! Yeah, it's exactly. The best. Look at all the improvisation and like it is better than the other ones. Yeah. So, but um, oh, yeah, like, yeah, it, it felt like I don't know. It's like I think it's Thor like two was like shit. <laughs> yeah. So was Iron Man two. Yeah, if I came to it with like low expectations, I probably would have enjoyed it more. That's probably that's definitely what hurt it a little bit for me. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, getting away from that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, nah. That I think I think people would really enjoy it. I'm I'm not too confident about Eternals, having seen all the like the early reviews about it and just the way it kind of looks. Uh, I've heard it compared to like the DC films where they just too many things are trying to be set up in one movie and it yeah. just it doesn't work i can't imagine it'll be quite as dumb and awful as those movies could be but um it, i don't true. know the sense i got from reading the reviews because yeah i haven't seen it uh it's not out yet is it it's coming out in a little while um yeah a couple of weeks i think yeah okay yeah because i was thinking that a uh, separate note it's like all the movies got delayed in australia for anyone who's not in australia because i think because the studios didn't know when would be opening back up generally yeah mm. and you know it's like melbourne's just opening up now so it's like all pretty much all these major movies have been delayed like a month or two it's like james bond yeah. still isn't out and they came out last month and it's coming out yeah, next like, like yeah i i get, we we i booked tickets for that for next thursday i think that's the date comes out like, yeah and June but, doesn't come out yeah. until um, like mid-December, and that came out last yeah. month. That really bummed me out. <laughs> yeah, and and, I, and like that's the type of movie like I'm definitely going to watch that. I want to watch that in IMAX just because yeah. it's like it's filmed a lot of it's filmed in IMAX, and Dennis Villeneuve, who uh, directed Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and also directed Arrival, like he always works with cinematographers that are really, um, like really capture scale and beautiful landscapes actually roger deacon who did uh, have you seen arrival or blade runner 2049 yeah yep so roger deacon is a cinematographer who did 
um, Skyfall. So do you remember Skyfall? Have you seen Skyfall? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know how like how beautiful uh I think was it Roger Deakins? I don't know, it's one of those guys. Something. Yeah, Roger Deakins, cinematographer, yeah. Yeah. So um he did uh like Sicario, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Skyfall, like he really knows how to um like really get the most out of the landscapes. Like I remember seeing Skyfall and I was like, Man, Scotland looks so beautiful and like Yeah. I know, I know. It's meant to be like, um, like he's going there in a bad time. But I was like, dude, I, I wouldn't mind just living out here in this freaking amazing like countryside. Yeah, he has um, <laughs> he has a strong eye. Like he has like a very, uh, he brings a very distinct, like distinct visuals and landscapes to his. Oh yeah, he said landscape. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, he's um, yeah. It's exciting to see him continuing. Like it's it's just very, it's very exciting to see him be on like such huge movies. That could really mm. like make use of his skills and with such a large budget and production. Yeah, um, yeah Wait, so. I, I don't think he's on Dune, but I, oh, I'm I thought sure he was. I'm okay. sure. Yeah, I thought. I don't know if that partnership's continuing, but mm. I don't know. Maybe no. uh, part ways for Dune. So yeah, so they're not working together on that. Which damn okay. would have been amazing. But mm. uh, I'm sure Greg Fraser, who's the uh, you know cinematographer, the person behind the camera. Would be like just as good. I'm I'm sure. Cause if yeah, not, I've heard good things yeah. about Dune, like in like yeah. almost every respect. So, I like I'm sure it's good. <laughs> I was just yeah, yeah, just didn't know. Yeah, and it, and it's like the next movies due out in 2023. Like it's already been announced. Yeah, because Deacons is like sorry, and the director's like, that's not actually a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, because like, like um no, but they've been kind of that's been something that's been like as as I've been like following news and just commentary about it, it's mm. like, it seems to be like a source of anxiety for people who like yeah. were really wanting the second part. It was just like no confirmation. The director's like constantly saying, it's like, it needs to do well. It's like, I really want to make the second one. And um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, it's nice to see it confirmed. And then like a week before yeah. it came out, there's like these soft confirmations from like the studio or like, yeah, the studio, um, not director, like owner or manager or something, yeah. um, like saying it's like you know, kind of slightly, you know, slyly confirming yeah. it, but not actually. Well, you'd and be it's crazy still just not to. Yeah, exactly. But it's just, it's just like more and like every time they mention it, it's like, oh, we haven't confirmed it yet, but we, mm. it might be. And it's like they're the people in charge, <laughs> so it's like it's just yeah. like like I'm not even connected to June. Like I, I haven't read them, yeah, I which I really should. Have. I really should, yeah, because I have it on like in my room currently, and I haven't touched. You it. actually? Oh wow! Um, There's no excuse then. <laughs> really isn't. Um, but it's um, anyway. Yeah, it's just like a source of like you know just little prods of anxiety over like <laughs> since the first this movie was even announced, and now yeah. it's like they just confirmed. It's like oh great that's just like a weight off my shoulders as someone who doesn't even he's not even really a fan yeah because like the and i think the movies like like the way he's the way the film's written it only covers half of the first book yeah yeah so you kind of need the second movie (laughs) if Mm. that's the way it's um meant to be you know yeah but anyway we'll we'll find out soon enough Mm. fingers crossed it's like the tickets go on sale i think uh thursday and okay. I was like, just and we're gonna go watch Scott like James Bond. So I'm like, hopefully I can time it right so we can get the tickets and just not have to worry about it. <laughs> okay. Do you actually have to worry about that stuff in Melbourne? Because our cinemas are like light enough that we don't. We rarely have to. Oh, stress. but this is IMAX. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, fair enough. Because like 
because um, you can get like good discounts and stuff if you're an IMAX member. But you know, all the good seats usually get taken, and then you're stuck with the 3D showings who no one wants to go to and stuff like that. So, right. <laughs> like for me, um, like uh, I'm like I'll watch like there's stuff like I guess Star Wars or um, No Time to Die or something. Like if it's shot in IMAX, you can't replicate that at home. Whereas normal movies, you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's why, for me, I loved watching Avengers in IMAX. And then when I watch it at home, it's different. It's like the first showing is great to watch there because you get all the footage and you get the whole impact of it and the crowd and all that. But when you're, if you're doing rewatches and stuff, like, it's fine to not watch it. Um, you can watch it, like, with whatever you have at home on whatever streaming service or like, mm. things like that. But I really wanted to um, lock this in and. We've been locked. We've been locked up for like months now. So I think it's. Oh yeah, it's fair that's to say fair. We're <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. But anyway, let's um, let's talk about some of the uh, some of the articles that went up on Double Jump last week. We had two, two pretty neat releases. Uh, first was Ethan's Metroid Dread review. John. Our first five-star review. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah, it's like every review we've had so far have been four stars because we're very, Fours, um, yeah. you know, very, uh, we have quite high taste. We're new to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, we're, and we're new to the, the whole scoring games. Like, we've traditionally shied away from it, but we understand that uh, having a score is, is an easy way to digest whether or not something's worth uh, in like picking up and then if you want to learn more about the game that's where the pros comes in so I think mm. that's what's kind of changed our mind about it yeah um, but yeah just to kind of cherry pick a couple of quotes from Ethan's review so quote delivering some ingenious oh, yeah delivering some ingenious design bolstered by its incredible art and controls Metroid Dread proves that Mercury Steam is right at home with the Metroid franchise so um, otherwise kind of Ethan points out a few bits of like wasted potential so, um, like, so quote, simply put, me- oh yeah, but simply put, Metro Dread is an incredible video game that excels in almost every regard, which is very high praise, um, even yeah. for a giant Metroid fan like Ethan is. Yeah. Or even, and, and especially yeah. even, actually, it's a better way to put it. Like, it's been more than a decade since the last side-scrolling Metroid, I think it was like Other M, and then there was like Samus Returns on 3DS, which was like a remake Mm. of an older game so like this is like the first main metroid release in a long time yeah yeah it's very um it's kind of incredible they were able to pull it off as well as they have especially with like it's kind of interesting coming from mercury steam who has like you know not the most critically acclaimed history no i know they made awful stuff at all but um it's kind of I don't know. I'd be curious to like, especially with what we heard about their development process, which I think we covered a couple of weeks ago. Or so, yeah. But um, it's it's kind of I don't know. It, it's kind of in, it's remarkable that such an incredible game came out of this studio, which like it's just like felt like out of nowhere. Yeah. And, like it's because um, it's like yeah, it, especially coming out of Spain, which isn't really known for you know its game, uh, like its game like industry yeah it's like um yeah i don't yeah i don't keep track of their studio i i'm actually yeah i'm not fully aware of many studio i know mercury steam's one of a handful 
especially at the scale they yeah. operate at. But Obviously, um, there's like I'm sure I think Ubisoft got something there. Yeah, right. <laughs> like any capital city, Ubisoft's got a presence. Um, but probably the other um, kind of indie or known studio people would know about is Tequila Works. So there was a right. uh, probably they'd know about the Sexy Brutal or Rhyme. It's probably the games people would probably know them for. Mm. Yeah, um, they, but even that's yeah. been a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't want to really be backhanded with. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be necessarily. It's just like yeah. I don't know. No, that's, I, find that's, it, I just that's find like it tequila in- works, not not Mercury Steam. I know. No, I meant as in like yeah, yeah. me bringing it up, <laughs> like how it's surprising yeah, yeah. coming out of it. It's just um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just like. But to be fair, like I'd see, I'd, I'd expect more bigger studios coming out of um, France, given mm. the history with Ubisoft and stuff there. So yeah, that's true. But I think it's just not the scale. It's like the quality of it. Where it's just like exactly. it's been so universally praised. And that those mm. kind of games don't come out too often. Like most games come out with praise because games take a long time to make, made by a lot of people. It's kind of hard to release one that's truly terrible um, just because yeah. there's so many stages during development where that can be you know, fixed in some way or another. But it's just like it's rare to see games praised at this level. Or at least that's how I feel. Maybe I'm just out of the loop right now. But, um, no, no, I think I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's the reason I was bringing it up. It's like it's kind of interesting. It's just like Mercury Steam is a studio I had like you know especially high thoughts of just because they yeah. haven't released a ton in the last few years and so on and so forth. And it's just like suddenly out of nowhere, next mainline dread net met mainline Metro game, and it's incredible. And it's just like, whoa, where'd this come from? It's anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I I. I didn't even know who Mercury Steam was. I just assumed that Retro Studios made the other like 2D, like oh, Samus okay. Returns and stuff. So mm. that's that's on me though. Yeah, because <laughs> they made the Castlevania games, like the yeah, 3D Lords one. Of Shadow. Yeah, and those yep. were very, um, I don't know, divisive. And especially the second one seemed to be pretty like mixed. I think the yeah. first one holds up well as long as you're pretty cool with a God of War clone. Otherwise, yeah. it's because um, it's like it does everything else well more or less yeah but um anyway yeah they've just got an interesting history for this kind of thing to come out of yeah yeah no you're right you're right um but um our other piece that came out in last week was our second rebooted multiplayer so um on yeah. our most anticipated cancelled games so abia you're in this one so sad yeah yeah so uh we had callum matt ty and myself kind of submitting our picks so to speak, for um, games that have been cancelled that we were like most looking forward to, and I guess like I'd, I'm I'm really holding out for my pick, but you know you never know. Uh, yeah. So Callum kicked us off with Star Wars Imperial Commando, which is uh, like a it it was going to be a sequel to Star Wars Republic Commando, the first person shooter. On, I think it was the the PS2 generation, I believe that's when it came out. Right. Um. So it's like definitely like following up from the prequel trilogy in terms of like the movies like like republic commando when that came out it it had like tactical so you're basically a squad leader of four uh you know clone troopers i guess like commandos and you could kind of give directions of like okay go here shoot these people take cover and stuff like that so it was it was kind of like a like sort of like a ghost recon type or like a rainbow six okay like mix but uh, like it's like that type of game applied to the Star Wars universe, and people really really liked it. And I think even the HUD 
was cool. I think they did this the Metroid Prime thing of like your your the game view was like through the helmet. So oh, it, was, okay. it was really it was really cool. Head of its time. Um, yeah. So it's especially because I think that Delta Squad is um like famous throughout like Star Wars canon and I think through the I think maybe there might also be in like the you know the Clone Wars series and stuff and Okay. I don't know if Star Wars Bad Company, like that animated series on Disney Plus is oh, a bad bunch, I related. think it's called. Bad bunch or something, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of Battlefield. Um <laughs> is related to this as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um but yeah. <coughs> Then we had Matt Akari. Uh, he picked Silent Hills, of course. You, you can't go with a list like this without uh, thinking about Silent Hills. So, mm-hmm. uh, I guess most famous, famously, Silent Hills was the the kind of the soft reboot of the Silent Hill franchise that Hideo Kojima was directing, and it was starring Norman Reedus, and also had kind of Guillermo del Toro, the famous kind of thriller horror filmmaker, kind of working with. Um, like being involved in it as well, like producing it. Uh, and then I think it was like the first Game Awards, like Konami dropped the PT, like so playable teaser. It was like this, it, it was it was crazy. Like it took the whole world by storm. It was basically like this short demo, like really super detailed graphics and stuff because it was basically like a repeating sequence of hallways and a garage and stuff in like an American home. And yes, like eventually it was a bit underwhelming where it just became just like a photo like, it it wasn't really skillful. It was more like, oh, hopefully you can see this one thing in the corner and you got to click it a certain amount of times or whatever for the, the game to progress. But people figured it out and then the teaser was that um, Norman Reedus was like the main character in it and then there was it was actually revealing that there's a new Silent Hill coming and then, you know, there was a lot of fanfare around it and then Konami probably cancelled that, like severed ties with Kojima and then Kojima jumped ship took his production company, Kojima Productions, and then, you know, got some money from Sony, made Death Stranding. So I guess this has got, it It, it kind of, it's like it involves multiple companies and multiple franchises and stuff. Like there's a lot of legacy here. So that I can I can definitely see why this would be on here. Yeah. And then um, Ty covered Prey 2, which is mm-hmm. still sad. It didn't come out. It's this particular kind of game where, oh, what was that like Necromundo or something? What's it called? That like recent 40k game came out. Yes, that felt very similar. Even though ne- I understand yeah, that Necromundo. one. Yeah, Necromundo. Mundo. Is that Mundo? Mundo. <laughs> That's not a word. Mundo. Uh, Necromundo hired gun or dark. Yeah, yeah hired gun <laughs> is the game based on the based on the dark uprising, like part of expansion to. Ah, okay. Like, yeah, but it was like when that was announced, that reminded me a lot of Prey Two. Because, like, on my PS- PS3, which I don't have plugged in anymore, I have, like, the original... I mean, you can just find it on YouTube, but I have, yeah, like... So, the- this is the s- cancelled sequel to the original Prey, the one that was on Xbox 360. Yeah, it's, like, 2005 or... Like, it was, like, a launch game, wasn't it? It's pretty early, yeah. I think it was a launch game. It might not have been, but I think it was. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so Ty covered that, which I could very much sympathize with, and you covered... I think uh, it was, was a Human Head Studios... Yeah, and then that. Who made that? Yeah, they've got their own little, they've got their own little history where they were kind of like, yeah, eaten up by Bethesda in a very cruel way. Um, but yeah, won't go in, <laughs> yeah, won't go yeah. into that too much, partly because I don't remember it fully. Sad. But um, yeah, and then you covered uh Star Wars one three one three, which is the other Star yeah. Wars game. 
Yeah, so that was the, like, Star Wars 1313 was the game that kind of inspired this multiplayer. Like, so this was announced back in E3 2012. And essentially what it is was it takes place on Coruscant, which is kind of the the famous, like, metropolis planet in the Star Wars universe. It's where the Galactic Senate is. It's where, like, the Jedi Temple is now. It's It's like that city one you see where the Jedi Masters are all sitting around having a beer like you see them you see that city in the background that's the place where it where it would take place however the game would actually take place uh, take place in the like the underground like star wars thirteen thirteen means like it was like 1313 floors below the city level so it'd be like all the dr- you know bounty hunters dr- drug dealers you know slavers whatever and it was like kind of following i, I guess eventually it became a thing where it would follow boba fett but I believe when it was first announced, it was just like this new original character was a bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, you're playing as this, like kind of like a, it was very much like an Uncharted-like game. Like you had the protagonist who was kind of like cocky. Um, it was like a third-person action game with a lot of set pieces. Like essentially the, the demo that was shown off takes place in like a very Uncharted-like fashion where it's like, okay, they've come here to uh, find this treasure and then, oh no, there's a rival group trying to take that treasure as well. And now these, this young buck and his oldest, like you know, kind of more weathered sidekick, are, um, f- have to fight through and survive, and you know, think on their feet. And there's a lot of witty banter and stuff. But the thing about it was that it was like, it's, it it, like graphically, the from a physics simulation point of view, lighting, sound design, like it was very like very advanced for the time and i think halo 4 and watchdogs like the original watchdogs kind of demos were like the big kind of showpieces for ubisoft and microsoft and then this was kind of i think this might have been at the sony show where okay. it was showing off because yeah or, or actually might have been like the ea show where it was showing off like back when ea did its own like kind of press conference and right. it was like just blew everything away it was just like the thing everyone was talking about and then, like, the next year, I think Disney announced, like, I think Disney had taken over, had just bought Lucasfilm, and, and part of that was LucasArts, which was kind of, you know, the studio that brought us, like, that was working on it, and also made, you know, Star Wars Episode One games, and the Pod Racer games, and stuff, like, it was a, like, a very well-respected, like, developer that had been around for, like, 20 years, and then just kind of got... I guess Disney's like, okay, we're not going to make any more games internally. LucasArts, you still exist, but you're just basically there to handle all of our IP, like all of our franchise rights and everything to make sure no one does anything dodgy with them. And it's kind of a shame because like, um, it's really good. Like, It looked really, really good and the world building and everything around it just seemed so like... It, yes, it was like an Uncharted-like game, but it really captured the Star Wars vibe yeah, that everyone was, was looking for. Yeah, it was exciting. Yeah. As a Star Wars fan, which, yeah. 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 It's like everything... Who knows? All, all these, like, <laughs> it's only four of them, but it's just like, you know, like Babushka dolls of gravestones. This is like every time we come yeah. on, it's just like, oh, there's all these other little mini tragedies <laughs> inside it. But, yeah. um... Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Nah, yeah, that's... That's the thing, like... And, and I thought, like, someone... Like, I'm not sure if it was Clint Hocking or someone was, like... Like, involved with it. Someone who had been at, like, Ubisoft or something. But, yeah. Yeah, he was... Yeah, Clint Hocking, who's kind of the, um, well, now is, I guess, he's now been accused of, you know, harassment and stuff like that, but he was kind of like the lead writer 
for Techland for Dying Light 2. Stay oh, Human. Okay. Uh, and he yeah. had... Um, I think he had also been like kind of the, the creative lead on like Far Cry 2. And I think some of the like previous like a Splinter Cell games and things like that. So uh, like he was... Um, apparently working on Star Wars 13. He was kind of affiliated with it and then he left when everything shut down. So it's like, there was definitely a lot of pedigree behind it, but who knows, um, you know, where things where things go for Star Wars. Like, we, we're still hoping for a new, l- I think Star Wars Fallen Order, mm-hmm. Last Jedi or Star Wars Last Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, one of those. I think they've confirmed a sequel <laughs> for that one, yeah. Yeah, Fallen yeah, Order. So that, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, it's got a silly name. It's, it's like yeah. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And it's like, yeah. I think when I was like, I wrote something about it like last year. And like, yeah. I was like trying to, I was very, um, what's the word? I don't know. Shouldn't have been as stressed as I should have been, I was about like trying to get the name like formatted correctly because it's kind of awkward. It's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's it is, but it's just like, it's kind of, you know, it's like, oh, where's the hyphen go? Where's the colon go? I don't know where I can... I mean, you can just look it up, but it's just like, sites list it differently as well, and storefronts yeah. do as well. It's, oh, it's just a mess. Anyway. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that, um, definitely one of those. Yeah. So that covers um, our last week on Double Jump. Mm-hmm. A couple of good releases. Go read them if you're interested. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to the news. The first one is... Um some more milestones from the the PS5 side of things. Yeah, it's um, not a surprise to hear yet again. Uh, PS5 sales have uh, has hit the thirteen point four million mark. Um, Damn. So three point three million PS5 units were sold in the last fiscal quarter, which ended on at the end of September, uh, and that was compared to two point two million units in the last in the quarter before that. Um, which I'm not sure if that says more about stock. Or just demand, probably both. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so game sales have also spiked. So they've reached seventy six point four million compared to the previous sixty three point six million. So definitely, people are playing and buying more games regardless. And um, yeah, and that was mainly due to strong performance by third party games because Sony. I don't think they've released much in the last quarter, especially. Um, no, oh, they probably released something big. I don't know, but yeah, apparently it was to do with third-party titles. And then, as either result or not, I think it's just dry, losing interest. PlayStation Four sales have dropped from five hundred thousand to two hundred thousand in the last quarter. So, um, yeah, so big milestones for the PlayStation Five. Sure, it's not going to stop or slow down or whatever. It's just going to get no. bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can definitely, th- I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, and then just on a minor note, music, um, the music streaming app Apple Music has launched on PS5. So it works very similar to Spotify where you can play in the background. Um, and it has like music video playback, which I'm not... Sh- I, I'm guessing Spotify does it, but I hadn't heard it. It did. I, I forgot to look it up. Uh, it doesn't Spotify doesn't really have music videos, oh, it but it might have okay. like some exclusive like concerts or like recordings and stuff. Yeah. I'm honestly kind yeah, of... Because I, yeah. I use Apple Music, which is like, oh, okay, cool. Me I too. Can, yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's actually kind of annoying with music videos because they're attached to the albums. And I listen mostly to albums. So I listen to the whole album. Like, because I was like... And then you just see it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I was like... And it goes um, into the video sometimes. Yeah, because I had it on, like, I was listening to an album, like, the last couple of weeks, like, because it's um, Oliver Tree's album, and I, I just mm. discovered that he had, like, a big double version of it, like, so he has, like, he has, like, his, like, first album from, like, last year, or the year before, yeah. I don't remember, 
and then it's like i already listened to that a lot and then it's like found out about it again it's like oh wait you released another one that's basically like double the track list anyway my point is that it has like five music videos at the end but i have to like like i wanted to have the whole thing on my library so i had to like add the whole thing let it like download (laughs) because that's what my settings do and then i had to go delete them individually it's not much annoying yeah it's not that annoying but it's annoying (laughs) i kind of wish there was an first world problems i guess but yeah very first world yeah yeah (laughs) i I, I, yeah because like if i was listening like if i'm listening on my pc while i'm doing work or something like you'll finish the album and then just i'll hear the same song again i'm like what why is this song playing again then you realize it's the the music video and i'm a i'm a i don't know about you but i'm very pedantic about like i want to listen to the non deluxe non something version i want to listen to the just the normal album okay. and usually the one that's like highlighted on apple music is like the super duper deluxe or whatever version yeah like 40 songs and i'm like so where does the actual album end yeah <laughs> oh it's track nine everything else is like extra mm. um, um, but yeah that, that's because yeah. i'm crazy <laughs> um yeah so with um coming to ps5 this is probably going to lead to um you know something of a parody so like Spotify's been on all the major consoles for since 2015. I, I think it yep. started on PlayStation and it came to Xbox not long after. Yeah. Um. So I imagine we'll see the same with Apple. We'll probably see it on Xbox sooner rather than later. I I could see Sony having an exclusivity sort of thing going on, but I don't know. Yeah. Won't, w- shouldn't wait too long. Hopefully. So. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So Who knows? maybe Microsoft will partner with YouTube Music. Yeah. Everyone's um, favorite <laughs> streaming platform. <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah bring back zune maybe <laughs> oh hey r.i.p yeah yeah <laughs> pour one out for the zune <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of pouring one out how about we pour out like i don't know a pile of shit on this news which is so okay that's a bit harsh but all right <laughs> i'm not i'm not a fan of activision blizzard i'll put it that way so the uh, one of the big stories coming out of last week is that activision blizzard ceo bobby kotick uh, he wrote a quote open letter um, to like kind of sent it out, uh, addressed to company employees, but obviously it includes you know the general public and shareholders as well. Um, and essentially in that letter, he provided an update on the kind of this this the things that Activision Blizzard's doing to kind of reform its workplace culture. As we all know, there's ongoing litigation from the state of California against Activision Blizzard, plus like several other employment groups. Uh, listen to I think it was last week's episode about the whole triangle of what's going on there, um, either last week or the week before. But basically, Activision's uh, copping a lot of shit from everywhere. No one really likes Activision Blizzard, um, and what's happening is that a, a, a employees are like have walked out, have protested, are basically voicing their concerns about you know frankly a very toxic and shit working culture uh, at Activision, and so. Uh, part of uh, this kind of reformation action plan includes a number of key uh, like items that Bobby Kotick uh, uh, revealed. Number one was, uh, quote, launching a new zero-tolerance harassment policy company-wide, which should have already been there. Like, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Number two uh, is increasing, quote, the percentage of women and non-binary people in our workforce by 50%, end quote, and investing quote, US $250 million to accelerate opportunities for diverse talent, end quote. Um, which, like, it's good to see that. Like, $250 million is, you know, may not seem like much to a company of this size, but that beh- something like that behind an HR push 
is huge. Yeah. Fifty <laughs> yeah, percent like, feels like yeah. a if they're trying to increase by fifty percent, that feels like they're starting from a very low point. Low number. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, me personally, like I hope like I, it's very hard. I, I I don't want people to get hired for the sake of being in a particular group, like a token hire. But I hope that this means that part of this is that Activision looks at its hiring practices and see if it is already prejudiced against people from non-binary background or women. Mm. Um, I mean, I would also like to include people... I, I would just basically say if Activision just said people who aren't just straight white males, that that would probably would be... Just cover everyone. Yeah. Um, uh, thirdly, um, Activision's quote, waiving required arbitration of sexual harassment and discrimination claims. So essentially what that meant was before like before going to authorities or making like as part of the complaints process, Activision said you you are forced to do this like arbitration, which is kind of like facing a internal company tribunal to like kind of vet your claim and and you're kind of facing like a court within the company before you can go outside, which I think that's why the California Department of Employment and Fair Housing is coming after Activision Blizzard saying, hey, you didn't make it clear that they also have rights outside of that to come to the government and, you know, tell us about these things. So this is... um, I know Riot Games caught a lot of flack for having like private arbitration and yeah. kind of private deals with its employees. So this is hopefully a, a step in the right direction but I don't know how you can do this and then also hire you know Wilma Hale like that anti-union kind of um, law firm yeah I'm, so I'm guessing they're, yeah. they're probably there's a good chance they're still there because that happened like right away right like uh, yeah. what I remember like because they you know when yeah, this stuff like came out week. yeah when this stuff came out Activision were like immediately defensive Bang. And I think they hired that <laughs> it's like them. Yeah. we're lawyering up <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm we've kinda, got nothing to hide, but we're lawyering up. <laughs> I'm kind of curious if they're still involved. If their like goal was yeah. to, you know, crack down on the workplace, like the people in the workforce. Gotcha. Rather, yeah. I don't know. I'm curious though. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, the fourth item was uh, the company is now continuing quote to increase visibility and pay equity. Um, so I guess seeing whether people in higher positions of power, <laughs> generally males. Of Caucasian background tend to be paid more for equivalent work of like say against women or people of you know other minorities yeah uh, it's annoying that you have to say minority when it comes to like women because they're like 50% of the population of the entire planet but you know things are changing <laughs> like I guess mm, you know like there are obviously there are factors biologically and physiologically and blah 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 things like that but I wonder like like, I, I I understand, like, in some things where some, you know, men might be better at a certain job than women, but this isn't the case. Like, I think in in an environment where, you know, uh, like, where you're basically sitting at a desk <laughs> and, and, you know, typing and talking and stuff, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure men and women should be able to do both just fine. Yeah. Either way, increasing yeah. visibility on, like, what people are paid versus, like, you know, That's between good. each other in the same company. That's good. Yeah. Very good thing. Yeah. Hundred percent, and um, uh, the fifth thing is providing uh regular progress updates on you know what's happening, uh, like ongoing, like in terms of what Activision is going to put in place or what's um being, I guess, 
like any findings, I guess, and it's I guess you would, you could include findings in its ongoing investigation. I hope that's included as well because that transparency is what it really needs right now. And as far as transparency is concerned, uh, the CEO Bobby Kotick said that also as part of this, I've asked my board to reduce my pay to the lowest allowable amount that California will allow, um, which is sixty-two thousand five hundred dollars US, which is probably a lot more than you know, like probably like an entry-level job at Activision is, but it's a huge drop from like you know the millions of dollars he gets paid every year. Yeah, because he, he, I know he does point out yeah. that it's like you won't receive any bonuses or granted yeah. any equity, which is I think the most Usually large amount. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's That's something to get around taxes and stuff. As yeah, well. I'm sure there's something else sneaky <laughs> that he might be getting yeah. earning a lot of money from, but yeah, otherwise that yeah, does seem to cover yeah. a lot of his income, including the large yeah. stuff. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, this this is a significant move, especially for someone who is heading up such a large company. But, like, let's not forget that it was only a few months ago that the the company's shareholders approved a US one hundred fifty five million dollar bonus for him. Like, not like it's a bonus. Like, that's on top of what he was already getting paid, plus yeah. whatever stocks and everything, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's including this bonus in what he's saying he's not going to receive maybe he could be like oh no i mean for next financial year like the current financial year that was for last year yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, it's like he's not gonna it's be still developing so we'll we'll not we'll know more in the coming weeks i guess yeah he's not exactly a water so i'm not really gonna view this with much uh what empathy what are you talking about he you, you mean when you look at bobby Kotick's face you don't see a warm kind-hearted person who cares for his employees no no i don't (laughs) (laughs) i mean he he previously has said that you know he wants to make video game development sort of like a factory he wants to take the fun out of it so it's just basically becomes like a machine and i guess he succeeded (laughs) he's created that environment yeah it's like they're not the only i I have less problem with that just because it's more um he feels what comes along with it everything about this like action just feels like a very desperate strangely desperate act to keep his job and i don't quite understand why yeah when like a lot of it would just be resolved by leaving with your gigantic golden parachute and then yeah. just letting someone else other com- people do yeah which is like why is he doing this it's like he's already been in charge for decades i understand i'm guessing he seems very you know laser focused on keeping something of a legacy that isn't tainted by you know mass sexual harassment and such um yeah i guess that's his goal i don't know it's just uh, kind of strange is like keeping to like the solution from his from his end is to leave so it's kind of frustrating yeah, like, it won't. like i guess maybe he's like this is speculation and maybe he's saying that okay well i'm gonna cause a certain a certain number of losses for the company right so in order to get ahead of that and make the shareholders not question justifying keeping me on like my huge salary and my bonuses and stuff if i sacrifice them ahead of time it's like one thing taken away from the shareholders to use against him maybe yeah it's I mean, not it's hard not maybe. to see it as know. like it's i don't a know cynical thing so like a cynical move oh yeah absolutely like there's no way it yeah. can't be but it's especially from at this level and from him but it's just like yeah. um i don't know i'm, I'm trying like 
I don't know. I just wish he would leave. Like, there's just nothing. Like, you know, in this in this case, taking responsibility means losing your job and going somewhere else and making a crazy amount of money there. I guess because that's going to happen. Yeah. So it's like it's the same thing with Ubisoft and Eve Gimo and the Gimo family. It's like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, it all comes from the t- like culture starts from the top. So if you didn't know, you're an idiot. You're incompetent. And if you did know, then you're just a bad person. You're an evil person who let it happen. Yeah. You so, know what I mean? Uh, that's that's the way I see it. And like, it, it has been there so yeah. long as well that it's like there's no way the yeah. culture doesn't stem from him in one way or another, even if he yeah, isn't and, actively and, abusing people. And I feel like the video game industry like, is, I don't know, maybe unique in this. Like, like companies like WeWork that... You know, they have huge exposés and scandals about their workplace culture and investments and blah, blah, blah. Usually the CEO steps aside and then someone else comes in and the CEO is like kind of... Like the company saves itself and distances itself from the CEO. Whereas like with Ubisoft and Activision Blizzard, they they didn't do that. And I wonder if that's like like a rare... It seems like it's a rare thing. Yeah. In in, in big business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not t- not too yeah. much else to add to that one. I think um, just kind yeah. of we'll see how that goes. Feels like the start mm. of a longer story, basically. But on um, on yeah. you know talking about Blizzard Activision, um, a couple of little bits with on that side of things. So Blizzard has one cancelled BlizzCon Online 2022, which was set for early next year. Yep. Um, so so this is in favor of a quote reimagining of the long running convention to be held at a later date. So this follows um, the cancellation of BlizzCon 2021 back in May. Um, yeah. In a statement posted to the BlizzCon website, um, so they've kind of they avoid referencing the scandal that's happening right now, like pretty much mm. entirely outside of this single quote that says, "quote need a need to ensure that it feels as safe, welcoming, and inclusive as possible." End quote. So um, they haven't they haven't announced any. <laughs> Why would you have to say that, Blizzard? Why would you have to say that out loud? Is there something happening that would make you want to say that? Yeah. Oh. Um. Very very much dancing around the main topic. Um. So yeah, yeah haven't announced any specific changes or measures, which kind of makes sense because it's very far out, assumedly, considering yeah. the next one was not super. Well, it was kind of close, but still. Um. Yeah, so otherwise, Blizzard has confirmed that the company will, quote, still be making announcement and updates for their, end quote, for their games. So, yeah, not much. BlizzCon's not happening this time again, um, which kind of makes sense with the pandemic anyway, but they've got other reasons for it this time. Um, And, yeah, so in other news, in Blizzard's case, um, Vicarious Visions will reportedly lose its name and, quote, fully merge with Blizzard. So um, this had already happened back in January, technically. Like they'd officially merged with. According the, to the, the um. Like is this like as in because it became part of Blizzard but kept the name, right? Yeah, exactly. That's like, what was reported back in January. Yeah, um, so. Yeah, so they officially merged in January, um, but employees at Vicarious Visions were told of this week or last week rather, um, of the name change, which will signal a shift to operating as, quote, long-term support, end quote, for Blizzard Studios. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, end of an era for a very uh, old studio. Um, mm, yeah, so... It, I, yeah. Yeah, sources from Polygon Sad. speculate that it could be redubbed Blizzard Albany 
because they're based in Albany and it would uh, kind yeah. of align with... Which I think is in New York. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be like Blizzard Austin, who's an existing yeah. Blizzard um, sports studio. So This is sad. Yeah. But I guess another thing that points to this being true is, I think it was like, like after the Activision Blizzard stuff happened, remember how like the leadership kind of stepped down and one of the two women that are taking over, she was the former head of Vicarious Visions. Yes. I guess it it makes sense. I I forget her name. I thought it started with a K, but uh, yeah, like Vicarious Visions, like like it delivered a, like the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, like remakes most recently, the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, plus a new fantastic like game that's been well received. It, it worked on Destiny 2 Forsaken. It's done a lot of work in a lot of other f- uh, Activision kind of like I think it's been like a, a workhorse for Activision for like since the late like the early 2000s. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they worked on the Diablo 2 remaster as well, which kind of as well yeah came out and, and yeah yeah like and I th- and I think while NeverSoft was doing kind of the main releases of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater like two like one two and three I think Vicarious Visions did like the GBA the PS like the like the ports that shouldn't have been as good as they were it's kind of like underappreciated gems but I think that those were also Vicarious Visions so there's definitely a lot of pedigree there and and like and to just it's just sad that now it just becomes like it's just oh you're just our company plus a suburb because you just happen to be an office over there rather than you being a you know having your own pride or something you know what i mean that's yeah. that's so sad yeah yeah definitely I, like i remember seeing one comment that i found kind of interesting is like how mad you would be if you're an employee there and suddenly you have to list blizzard on your resume instead of vicarious yeah. while this is all going on it's yeah, like you, yeah like you wouldn't really if you had the choice, you wouldn't really want to be saddled with Blizzard's name in 2021, yeah. would you? As opposed to yeah. Vicarious. Like whenever, like imagine when, I think it was like 2016, whenever like Overwatch came out. Yeah, you'd probably love it. You'd be like, yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, like um, World of Warcraft's making billions. Like Diablo 3 is all fixed now. And um, and Overwatch is like taking over the world. But now, yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> Not much. jumping ship. Hmm. Um, speaking of jumping ship and moving on to greener pastures, Amy Hennig, who's the uh, former kind of creative director slash lead uh, lead writer on the the um, like the older Legacy of Kane games and the original Uncharted trilogy, so uh, in 2019 she joined Skydance Media, uh, which is a Hollywood studio uh, that's like most recently produced Mission Impossible Fallout and The Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, essentially Skydance Media started up Skydance New Media which was it's like video game division and she was brought on to be the president and lead that whole effort and prior to that she was at EA for a couple of years basically worked on a cancelled um like Star Wars action game like she, she she's been out she hasn't had anything come out for a long time like she's well, like, it's been 10 years because she worked on the last, like, I think game that came out was, like, Uncharted 3, which was, like, 2011. So, like, like she, she hasn't been... Everything she's worked on never f- came out, which would suck, if you, yeah. especially if you work so hard. Mm. Um, and so she's uh, finally announced that her, her studio uh, has finally be ready to announce that it's actually working with um, 
the Marvel Games, so Marvel Entertainment's kind of games division, to work on a new, quote, narrative-driven blockbuster action game, end quote, which features a, quote, completely original story, end quote. And it's going to be a AAA, big-budget game, um, but uh, during uh, as part of the press release, like Skydance didn't reveal any specific details. You know, what are the stories it's going to tell, who, who are the characters it's going to follow, and even like a time frame. Um, but in the press release... Um, Jay Ong, who's the executive VP and head of Marvel Games, said, uh, we'll, we'll let you know when the time is right. You know, standard kind of like announcement speak. Yeah. But I, I'm hoping it's not a, another fucking Avengers. I hope it's actually something good. Um, I don't think so, actually, because um, one bit of news that's come out so far is that um, the actress, no. actor, no, it's good-ish, I think. Oh, I don't cool. know, it's not bad. <laughs> the actor Janina Gavanka, she was in Battlefront yeah, 2 in. and Forspoken. Yep. Yeah, apparently she's starring in this game, at least as a prominent character of sort. Um, I don't think Wait, it's any. She's other... in Forspoken. Apparently. Um, oh, what? She's cool. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So um, not sure if she'll be the lead or not. Probably, yeah. maybe. I don't know. But it's we'll um, find out. <laughs> yeah. So we know at least one person else aside from um, aside from Hedding, who's attached to the project. So um, yeah, exciting. Other game news to kind of wrap up things is Sony's or PlayStation's, I don't know, state of play of for um, last month, I guess. I keep forgetting it's mm. November. Uh, so we'll just like run through the announcements a bit. Um, nothing like crazy, I think, but everyone will probably be excited for something. So first yeah. was Deathverse Let It Die. Um, it's kind of a spin off slash sequel thing for that Souls like, roguelike thing called let it die from grasshopper um so uh, originally like grasshopper people know for the no more heroes franchise yeah and i think suda 51 kind of started like, yeah he was yeah. the lead on this game right yeah um the let it die was eventually over like taken over or you know the development was taken over by super trick games Yep, and um so they're leading development this time this one's like pvp ve arena close melee combat sort of thing it's a big you know it's messy in a very kind of charming stylish ish way um yeah. if it depends on who you are some people bounce right off it some people won't um second was a new trailer for we are ofk sort of a biographical adventure story game about this la based indie game called ofk I'm pretty sure it's just uh, OFK. indie band you mean oh what did i say <laughs> indie game <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. yeah indie band it's an indie game about an indie band yeah Still okay, correct. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> after that was a reveal trailer for Bug Snacks, the Isle of Big Snacks, which is a free expansion for yeah Bug Snacks, the game that came out last year. Um, I'm very excited for this personally. So it's like a free big update with a new biome to explore, a new Bug Snacks to. I think it's like this one revolves around hats, <laughs> like hat, hat snacks or something. <laughs> so it's about like wow, because like the game kind of revolves around like getting bug snacks feeding them to people and then choosing what body part changes to what thing so i think now yeah, that kind of add- mutates whoever eats it right yeah and there's like you know a whole story to go along with it uh, which is like it's kind of funny they're adding it a- which i was not expecting right <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're um yeah so i think they're adding like a hat part to that like whole set of mechanics 
Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm very excited for that. Um, after that was Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, um, which I think is the first time we've seen gameplay, but I don't follow this game or series closely. Like, I, there was an announcement trailer, I think, last year, like late yeah. last year, but that was about it. Okay. So from the looks of it, because um, we'll have more direct control this time compared to games previously in the series, so you're kind of controlling one of the puppets, like a mecha almost, like getting inside. Or like mm. an Iron Man suit would probably be better, actually. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, like, very... Looks pretty high budget. Looks very, like, compared to its kind of mobile game routes. Um, yeah, so... Anyway. So, after that was Kart Rider Drift, a new free-to-play kart race from Nexon. Um, looks like it plays... Such a generic name. Yeah, it's very... It's a I've, terrible name. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it has, like, a bit of a legacy. This series has, like, existed for a while. But it's, oh, like, it's enough. not one... It's more popular in Asia than anywhere else. Um, yeah, like Nexon, the company, the Korean company making it, it's like has been around for a long time. Yeah, but the Kart Rider IPS as well. So it's like, yeah. which is like, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm not even sure I've heard of it before, to be honest. Um, but whatever, this new one looks nice. <laughs> um, so closed beta will be releasing on December 8th. Um, I'm not sure how you get access to it. Maybe on the website. I'm not sure. Um, mm. But yeah, that's happening. After that was King of Fighters 15. Um, trailer for two things so it's um new character called dolores and an op- and that the open beta is dated for november 19 so in a couple of weeks or ish i guess after this comes out it'll be around a couple of weeks yeah um yeah so that one i think it's been delayed i think it was originally meant to be out already maybe i'm not sure anymore but um yeah so yeah next entry in yeah Next entry in that very legendary fighting game series. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's been a good year. Like, um, Guilty Gear Strive came out earlier this year, which I still haven't played properly. Like, I bought it. I pre-ordered oh. it, but <laughs> just never got the chance to actually play it. Yeah. Sit down and play it. And, yeah, like, King of Fighters, another long-running series. Beautiful. Like, like the arts, crazy art styles continuing. Yeah. Because so, I'm, I'm I, I think they added um, rollback to it. I might have to double-check that one. But that's a big deal if that's true. I think it is, but I'm not certain. Um, So after that was a trailer for First Class Trouble. Um, The trailer is called "I Guided Tour to Social Deduction," but it's basically an overview of how the game plays. It's a it's basically announcing the PS4, PS5 ports for the 2020 game since it originally released on PC. Yeah, Uh, it seems to play a bit similar to Among Us, like where it's like you know makes sense imposters among like a broader cast. So it'll be on free on PlayStation Plus in November, so you can try it out if you have that. Um, like after that, Star was, Ocean, yeah, <laughs> Star Ocean: The Divine Force. So um, the next entry in this series, which I'm, I'm not can't remember the last time there was another. Like when was the last game in this? I think like PS3 probably, man. I yeah, it's been a while. Think, I think it's been it's, I think it's been a while. Mm. Um, yeah. So next main entry. Um, also coming to Xbox One, Xbox Series consoles, and PC. Uh, maybe the dopiest cast I've seen in a game announcement. Obviously, like they look so strange, um, especially the main one, <laughs> um, main character. I mean, but it, like otherwise, gameplay wise, it looks very similar to like Xenoblade uh, or Xenoblade yeah. X, rather. Like maybe like you know where you kind of you have a little more mobility in the air and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so the last game that wasn't a mobile game came out in 2016. On oh. PS3 and PS4. So, yeah, definitely very early. Wait, 2016? 2016, yeah. So And PS3. 
PS3 and PS4. Yeah, it was still in the crossover. Jeez. Because um, it was made for the PS3 and then I think ported over. And oh, okay. Up, yeah. <laughs> um, didn't, didn't It wasn't the hottest game, I'll put it that way, but... Okay. Um, oh. It's a very... It, it probably makes sense. It's It's... It's one of those series that hasn't made that mainstream crossover yet, like a Persona. Yeah, I, I'm not sure this one will either, to be honest. <laughs> but it has a better chance just with the gameplay changes from looks of it, because yeah. like those kind of things always tend to and way more consoles. Yeah, it's also it. coming to PC, Xbox Series X, S, and Xbox One. Yeah, like it's. Yeah, I don't know. It definitely doesn't feel like. Um, what was that last game that came out of Tales of Arise? That was like you know, yeah. that was them pumping a lot of money into a game that is traditionally you know not set the world on yeah, fire the tale series. and this yeah. one definitely has by comparison and this I don't know mm. I don't think that Divine Force really looks like that level of production uh, yeah. but you know hopefully it's good hey um, that's all we can hope for I'm going to keep laughing at its main character but hopefully it's good otherwise um, lastly for, like to wrap up the state of play is a new look at A Little Devil Inside so um, if you don't remember this game was announced forever ago in I think you said 2015, 2015, I think, 2015 yeah, yeah. So it's like the Kickstarter. Yeah, what? yeah. Because I, I mentioned to a VR earlier that it's like, um, I funded that Kickstarter and it's so long. Yeah. Um, I'm not too surprised it's taken this long, but um, we kind of get a f- first look at the miniature overworld UI. So you kind of, um, you kind of zoom out and you could, like your characters become little, you know, sort of smooth, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, I'm actually not sure what they're called. It's like stop motion animated or something? No, it's like they're like little like bean kind of like uh, dolls that oh, bounce okay. across. Yeah, yeah. You know, no limbs. Are, I don't know. There's a better way to say this. Um, anyway, so gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's like it's something like like wooden figures, like yeah, tra- yeah. like something traditional tribal or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't confused anyone else. Um, I, yeah, like it's like to to put perspective. Do you remember Steam Greenlight before they had Steam Early Access? That Steam Greenlight where you could vote to see an indie game come into Steam. Mm. That's how old this is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, so with... I think this is the first look at how, like, the game is kind of structured and paced. So it's like you kind of... Mm. You kind of... Um, you find missions or, like, quests. As, I think they're more like jobs for your main character. You kind of um, travel around in this sort of, like, miniature look. You kind of... I think you hang around with, like, smaller parties as well. I'm not sure, yeah. Um, but it's is uh, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. But I think it was kind of detail light anyway. Um, but the most important thing is that there's no release date still, <laughs> which yeah. is disappointing. Uh, I was like, it's kind of our first look at how the gameplay works in a more practical sense, I guess. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's still no release date. It must be- and I think when I saw like previously, I think I think last year's show, it said, oh, it's coming sometime in 2021. And now it's clearly not. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> uh, I'm sure COVID hit them hard, um, but it's um, yeah. yeah, like every other studio really. But it's uh, yeah. yeah, still still disappointing. It'd be nice if it came out <laughs> last year, next year. But um, yeah, yeah. But that um, that wraps up this uh, state of play. Um, not too, not nothing. Not um, well. I mean, it depends on who you are, but nothing like crazy exciting. Uh, yeah. Nothing like too big, really. But it's all you know. I've got a couple of things there that I enjoyed a lot, so happy to have it. And yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's 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 not one of those blockbuster directs, but definitely had something for I think a, a lot of people, especially if you're a JRPG fan. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's I- uh, yeah. That's that's the news for this past week. Again, everyone, um, if you'd like to send in your questions, you can write to us at podcast at doublejump.co. We'd love to read them on air. And yeah, or if if you have any uh, like you know any particular responses to any of the stories we talked about, maybe uh, you are a huge Let It Die fan and you have something to say that we may not have covered. Uh, that would be interesting to hear from you. But yeah, John, it's uh, it's going to be a big week coming up. I think we've got Forza Horizon 5, Battlefield 2042 coming up. I know that. Um, I mean, we just had Metroid Dread drop. Yeah, it's um, it's, yeah, it's going to be crazy week in games, I guess. Yeah, busy week and busy month, really. Like a lot of releases. Yeah, so um, it's going to be it's going to be fun. That will um, yeah, I almost definitely won't be playing many of them. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. but um, yeah, maybe this time next week you'll have an Xbox Series X and you'll be like, I've played a hundred games on Game Pass. I won't. But <laughs> we'll see. Um, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> but yeah, until next time, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you love what you heard today, please do consider subscribing or following us on whatever platform service you're using. Head over to doublejump.co to read more of our awesome articles in more detail. And uh, you'll also find links to our Discord and all of our social media um, uh, profiles there. We'd love it if you joined the community in our Discord and said hi because it's an awesome group of people there and we've got a lot of to talk about. So yeah, until next time, look out for one another. Peace. See ya.